Amen. Thank you, Casey. Casey's filling in this uh, Sunday morning. Uh, I say filling in, you're really kind of getting ready for next uh, or a couple of Sundays. He's going to be the worship leader at the Mount Yona campus. So he's just kind of letting James take a break this morning and enjoy some family time. So thank you, Casey, for, uh, for leading us. So I want to start off with a question this morning. If you came across something so valuable that you knew you couldn't live without it, what would you give in order to get it? If you came across something so valuable you couldn't live without it, what would you give in order to get it? Do I have any, uh, any baseball car collectors in the house? Any, anybody? All right, so we got some. All right, how many are still collecting baseball cards? Let's be honest, all right? All right, so we got, so we got a few people like, it's okay. We, we can collect things like that. It's not a problem. So I, I brought a, a card collection with me. Um, this is actually my brother's. Uh, I knew he was going to be coming up here this Sunday and uh, to visit us and uh, knew what I was going to be preaching on. And, and so I was like, man, I need some baseball cards. And, and uh, he had some. So I said, hey, man, bring your entire collection with you. He said, my entire collection? I said, yeah, yeah, bring your entire collection. He said, Brandon, that's like 20,000 cards. Well, so I said, no, 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 bring some of it then. He said, okay, good. Um, so I brought it with me, and as you can see, like this entire cart right here is full of baseball cards. And this is only part of it. And I was getting them out this morning and setting them on the cart. And I uh, just thought it was interesting, uh, some of the stuff that I found. And so I'm going to pick on him for a little bit. Um, I learned a couple things about my brother. One, that he's got a lot of cards that he has yet to open. 2009 Angel set for the entire team, still unopened. Uh, 25 cents. Anybody want it? 25 cents. Um, and then also, uh, I, my brother, um, he's a little OCD. He has that in him. He has all of his notebooks have a team. And then like, uh, this, so this is the Cubs. And so if you were to open it up, it says the A's. You got it wrong. Um, but if you were to open it up, you got this labeled wrong. They actually like are in uh, alphabetical order, the, like the cards. And uh, when he was little, I remember like he would open up his notebooks and like take out the cards and then re-put them, then, like put them back. And I was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like putting them back, but he would just put them back in the same slot, like just take them out, put them back. But that's what he liked to do. And uh, so he's got those. And then the, my, the, I think the like thing that made me chuckle the most this morning when I was looking at him was that uh, he has an entire little section called duplicates. So he knows out of like 15, 20,000 cards, which ones are duplicates. And he went through them to get them all out. So I just thought that was really interesting uh, to see. And so I don't know how much this is all worth, but uh, I was doing a little reading and research getting ready for this morning. And I came across an article uh, of a uh, guy that found a bunch of baseball cards in his attic. This guy, his name was Carl Kistner. In 2012, him uh, and some of his cousins were going through his grandfather's attic. And as they were rummaging through, going through uh, all of this stuff, they found a, a collection like this, uh, similar to this, shoeboxes and boxes and notebooks uh, full of baseball cards. So they went through them and they saw that a few of them might be of some value. They really weren't sure. So they went to a collector and they decided, you know, let's, let's figure it out. And so uh, the collector uh, told them that it wasn't just worth a few dollars, that at some point these cards would be worth $3 million dollars. Three million dollars. The first night that their family went to auction, they netted $566,000 just from baseball cards. How many of you would like to find that in your attic? Yes, we would all agree on that one. Question is, what would you do with it? You know, what, what would you go and buy? What would you go and spend? Maybe you would pay off something. Maybe you would sell it. I don't know. But what's interesting to me, stuff like that and stuff like, y'all remember the Thai Beanie Babies? The T-Y Beanie Babies or T, whatever you wanted to call them. Oh, my word. We went crazy over those too, didn't we? Um, stuff like this, it's funny to think about, like, of them holding value. And I've always wondered, like, why, does, why is something like this valuable? And what makes things like this and other things that we collect valuable is what we say it's worth. 
really like, you know, it's worth this. I ascribe this much value to it. So like this holiday season, we were ascribing value to things. We were buying gifts. We were going places. We were spending time with people. We were having cousins over that we don't really like, but we had them over anyway. We were doing all that kind of stuff because we value those kind of things. I know that wasn't a slide in any cousin. I just make sure, you know, if you got, got like a cousin Eddie or somebody like that. So, But we, we say that those things are valuable because we put time, we put money, we put energy, we put focus into those things. And we did the same thing too. My wife and I, we went around and we shopped and we ate and we had fun and we had family and, and we'll still do that, you know, for the coming days. And it's because we do those things and we want those things because we have ascribed value to those things or that's why we're doing that while we ascribe value to those things. And as we were doing all this and do, going through all the holiday season, this thought crossed my mind. You know, I had, a, I had a, a little girl in August, right? And there's a picture of her behind me. She's awesome. Four months old photo. Love her to death. Uh, of course, new, new guy. Hadn't preached in a while. He gets up. And if he's had a new daughter, I'm showing a picture. Better believe that. I know it's cliche. But uh, so uh, that's her, four months old. And uh, this, is her, this is her Christmas photo that we took in front of the tree. Yes, she is so cute. But uh, for all of you older folks that have told me since uh, we've found out that we were pregnant, they've said... You're gonna, you, things are going to change, and they have. Uh, and one of the things that's changed is perspective. And one of the things that we were thinking about as, as I was, uh, I read the verse that, that we're going to talk about this morning, and then also I was thinking about all the stuff that we do during the holiday season and everything else that we do throughout the year. I thought, and this is what came to mind, that one day my daughter is going to share the same values that I hold. And it blew my mind to think about that I've been given the responsibility to teach someone else and, 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 and to teach and show her what is valuable. And really, it's, you know, this is not just true for me. This is true for all of us. Those closest to us, they will see and know where our values lie just by what we spend time doing. Like our everyday actions, what we do, like they will observe and then they will share and then they will know what's valuable to you and I just by looking at our life. Have you ever thought about this before? That like just how you live, like, it, that's going to pass down those values. This is a monumental thing because value is a very important thing. How we ascribe and what we ascribe value, value to is very important because what if you were to get it wrong? What if you were to get your values wrong? This is what would happen. Like if we got our values wrong, like maybe one day our kids or people closest to us, they would see people as the means to an end instead of someone to serve. Maybe if we got our values wrong, like our concept of time would be warped. It wouldn't be something precious. We would just take it for granted, thinking that we have a lot of it left. And if we got our values wrong, also we could miss out on true friendships. If we got our values wrong, money would be the end. And then not only that, we would just get jobs so that we could get more money, thinking that that was the answer. And our jobs wouldn't be, in, wouldn't be seen as a way to reach and to extend our love out into the world. They would just be a thing that gets us the money that we need. But then worst of all, if we got our values wrong, we could actually miss out on heaven. And so um, we don't want that. Jesus told a, a rich young ruler, he, uh, one day during, they were kind of hanging out, this young guy walked up, and he's talking about eternal life. He's like, what do I got to do to have eternal life? And so Jesus is like, keep the commands, and the guy's like, I've done all that, I've kept those commands. And he says, well, okay, he says, you only lack one thing. And so that guy leans in, oh, I got one thing left. Jesus says, go sell all you have, give it to the poor, then come follow me, you're going to have treasure in heaven. And what does that dude do? He walks away, head hung low, because he knows he has, a, he has great value. He has tons of money. 
And it wasn't that the money was the evil part about it. It was that he was holding the money in higher esteem than the kingdom of heaven. And so he missed out. And so we, won't, we don't want to get it wrong because we don't want to miss out. And, and not only do we not want to miss out, but we don't want to cause someone else to miss out. Because we share the same values of those around us. And we'll pass those around, whether it's to our family, to our friends, our coworkers, or our neighbors. So if, if any of you ever watched The Price, of, Price is Right, anybody ever seen that? Okay, I, you know, I used to watch it when I was little because it was on in the mornings when we were home during the summer. Um, and so you'd watch it and, you know, you have the, the thing up on there and they would say, you know, whatever it was, you guess the price and you guess low, you guess high or whatever. You would name your price. This morning I would like for you to name your price. I would like for you to think about what you would give for the one thing that you couldn't live without. What would you give in order to get it? And so we're going to talk about values from God's perspective this morning. From Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 44, is where we're going to be. It's a very short set of, uh, set of verses, but it's Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 44. So if you would, stand with me in the reading of, uh, of God's Word as we honor it. And I'll give you a second to turn there. Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 44. Here we go. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Let's pray. Father, may, your, may the reading of your word be blessed in the, in the speaking and the teaching of your word, God. I pray that I'd get out of the way and you would speak, God. I pray that you would... Just anoint this place, God, with, with your spirit so that we can understand and we can apply it to our life so that we look more like you and give you glory. In your name, amen. All right, so uh, Matthew 13, 44 through 46 is right at the end of uh, the very long sermon. And after this long sermon, Jesus retreats with a smaller group of his disciples and they're hanging out. And so as they're hanging out, he's teaching them in parables. Parables are just these stories that have concrete truths. So it's not necessarily like a true story. It's just something Jesus is making up that has something deeper hidden meaning behind it. Kind of like as a kid. Hey, kids, when your parents say, because I said so, that's a parable. It actually means because I'm in charge, all right? So like, because I said so. And I think women, I think my wife sometimes like thinks in parables because I'll say something and then men, y'all know what she says? Uh, what do you mean by that? Y'all ever, ever gotten that before? Women think, tend to think in parables. Like they think there's a truth behind it, but really, we're just, guys, we're just easy. It's kind of like what Jesus is teaching. This is just an easy truth told with a story. There's deeper meaning in it, but don't take everything exactly as it says. And so there's a few things that we need to, to, to take away from this, though, because they're important. So let's look at it kind of word by word just for a little bit. The first thing that we see is the kingdom of heaven. So what Jesus is referring to, the kingdom of heaven, simply stated, the kingdom of heaven is God's kingdom where God's people reside. How do you become part of God's people? Well, in the New Testament and throughout the scripture, there's a story told, and the story is the gospel. That God created you to be with him. Our sin has separated us from God. There's nothing that we can do. We can't build good deeds big enough to reach up to heaven because no matter how many there are, they won't reach up high enough to perfection. But in his love, God sent his son, paying the price for your sin and my sin, dying on the cross, so, and then raising himself from the dead three days later so that everyone who would believe in him would have eternal life. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts for eternity. That's the gospel. You were created, you were separated by sin, God made a way, and then belief in that 
is what makes you God's people. And so when he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, that's what he's referring to. He's referring about being with God, about believing in the gospel, by finding Jesus and seeing him as more valuable than anything else. When John 10, 9, Jesus said, I'm the gate. And he says, I, he says I'm the good shepherd. John 14, he says, I'm the way. Like, how, how do you get to be in God's kingdom? You find me, you come by me. So that's the kingdom of heaven. Then we look and we see that we have two parables. So it must be important. And these two parables are about two different men. One searching and one man just kind of wondering. All right, so the first man wondering, he's in a field just kind of walking along. And then the other man is in search, a merchant in search of fine pearls. Two different men. So what, what I see is, uh, and not just in this parable, but from Jesus' ministry, is that he is inviting the spiritual seeker and the apathetic atheist to his kingdom. Say, come and see for yourself. And see, that's good news because there might be some people here this morning, you could care less about this. Jesus is expecting you. Or you might be here this morning, you might be searching things out, trying to figure this whole Jesus thing out. Guess what? Jesus is expecting you. The kingdom is waiting. And so it's good to see that Jesus has enough grace for us all if we're seeking or if we're not seeking or if we just don't care. Jesus is expecting us. And then not only do we have these two guys, but then you get a little bit further and you see that after these guys find this treasure, it says that both men get rid of everything in what? It says, that, it says both men get rid of thing, everything in joy. In joy. Very rarely do we do things in joy. If you take like 365 days out of the year, you probably would be able to count maybe on a handful of the things that you did in joy. Because most of the time we're just kind of mundane kind of things. It's just activities of the day. But these guys didn't just do a mundane everyday activity. These guys got rid of everything they had in joy. Everything. Gone. In joy. But why? Because why, why would they do that? Because that which they held as valuable, they found something of greater value. That's why they were able to get rid of things in joy. When I was uh, eight years old... I was awakening to the reality of, of eternity. Like I, I, that's when I realized that like I'm I'm little. Uh, I, I've been created. I, I, uh, me and, and the body I have now. Like I'm temporal. One day I'm going to die, and there's an eternity, and I'm going to spend eternity in one or two places. It was really weird where I realized this. We actually went to a Christmas tree lighting, not a Christmas tree lighting, a Christmas tree singing where the people line up in the tree, you know, and then they sing. I don't know why, like, I thought of death and eternity after the end of a Christmas thing, but that's what I did. I remember laying in the car, looking up at the ceiling and thinking about that and then going home after that and talking to my mom and dad and telling them that, that I wanted to be with Jesus in heaven. And so they explained to me what that was, and we went to, to church and we talked about it with my pastor and what it meant to turn from your sin and turn to follow Jesus and how he gives us you new life and that new life is with him and heaven for, for all of eternity, and it starts now. And so I remember that happened when I was eight years old, but it wasn't until I was 16 that I really understood the value of the kingdom and what it, and what it costs someone. I was at a conference, uh, like a youth conference with my uh, youth pastor who happened to be Randy Williams, and uh, we were at this conference, and this pastor's name who was preaching, his name was Kelly Green, and I don't remember necessarily what he was preaching on, but uh, I just remember sitting there thinking, man, Jesus, I don't value your kingdom like I know I should. I'm living this life here, this life there. I'm being this kind of person here, this kind of person there. Like, God, this, this doesn't make sense. And I just remember thinking and, and, and feeling and understanding, like, he loves me no matter any of that. 
And that was a great treasure to find. Because at the end of that, I was like, you know what? I just need to give it over all. Like, give it, give, give it to him. And, and, like, why was I able to say, hey, hey, Jesus, you can have it all? Why was I able to say, like, hey, you know, and, and I haven't given it all over. But I'm just, what I'm saying is, like, I realized at that point, he just wants all of me. He doesn't want a piece of me or a part of me. He wants my whole of me. And why was I able to just say, you, look, I'm done with this. You can have it all. Why was I able to do that? Because I found something of greater value than what I was holding on to. And so these men were able to leave everything that they had for that treasure. And you see, God's calling us to do the same thing. So the, the first thing that you can do with this is, is if you're here this morning and you're not a believer in God and you know that if you died today without Jesus, that if believing and trusting in Him, that you'd spend eternity separated from Him, He's calling you to Him. He's like, value me more than you value anything else. So like, what price would you be willing to pay for the kingdom? And the first thing that you would need to be willing to pay is your life, giving it over to Christ in faith. Saying, I'm going to follow you. My way's not good enough. Obviously, your way is. Let me follow you. But then beyond that, beyond that value, the value of Jesus, like if you are a Christian, you need to take that value and give it to other people. Like that, that's what we're called to do. Jesus is like, come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Come, let's go make disciples. Like that's what we're called to do. So when we realize and experience value in him, then he turns around and he says, now I want you to share that value with someone else. And so uh, in thinking about that and thinking about like our life and what we value and like what we, what, you know, what we pay for, what we do and all of this kind of stuff, this, this truth came to mind from this text. And if you don't remember anything else from this morning, please like remember this one thing. How much you, how much you use your time, your energy and your money is directly parallel to how much you value the kingdom. How you use your time, your energy, and your money is directly parallel to how much you value the kingdom of heaven. And that's straight from the scripture because think about it for a second. Let's kind of believe for a second into this parable a little bit longer than what Jesus gives us. Because it's just a story that he's trying to get a cosmic, tr cosmic truth across. That the kingdom of God is to be valued above all else. Good, we got that. That's the truth to be there. But think about like what these guys would look like after they discovered this. For time, for, for time. Like, so the first guy, he's walking around in a field and, and he finds a treasure in a field. Now, if you're like, I don't, I don't put my treasure in a field. Yes, you don't put it in a field. You put it in a bank now. But this guy found it in a field because back then you didn't have banks. You put them in a field when your house was getting, when your city was getting destroyed so that nobody would get it from the field. So that's why it was in a field. So like people would listen and be like, oh, okay. So Jesus is telling them in a way that they would understand. So he's walking through. And it just says that he is walking and he finds a treasure. So we're just assuming he stumbles upon the treasure. So what does he do? Immediately he stops. You know, he looks around. Did anybody see that? Where's the IRS? Okay, good. We'll cover that back up. And no, don't do that. Um, you got to tell those guys too. Uh, and then so he covers it back up and he, and he goes away to his house. And he's like, I, I got to figure out how to get that field. So he counts up all his money. He's like, oh, I don't have enough. And so then what he starts doing is he has a yard sale. I know you've seen these before, right? So we sell, uh, never mind. Uh, so uh, he has a yard sale. And so all these people start coming by and they're like, dude, why are you doing this? You're selling your couch? Yeah, yeah, I'm selling this and selling this. No, you can't have my kid. Uh, selling that. And he's selling all these different things. And, uh, and eventually they're going to sell it in their yard sale too. But they come by all of his stuff. And, and, and he's like, good, I've got, and he starts counting his money from everything he sold. And he's like, finally, I have enough. 
spent all this time gathering all of my stuff, selling it, and, and now I finally have that thing I value the most, the treasure hidden in the field. See, how much we value God or how much we value the kingdom of heaven is directly parallel to how much time we've spent doing it. And then also take the guy who was the merchant of, of, of fine pearls. So like he finds the, fine, the pearl of great price. He's like, oh man, this is the best pearl I've ever seen. I don't have enough to get it. So what does he start doing? Well, he starts having like crazy sales at his place. Ladies, you would love his pearl shop. He's like giving away stuff for like barely nothing. Selling things that he would have sold for 20 denarii and now for 2 denarii and just like giving it away and selling all that he has just to get the one pearl that he knows is going to surpass anything that he has ever found in all of his life. See, when you find the value in the kingdom of God, it will change how you use your time, your energy, and your money. And so it, it should change you. It will change you. And then also one of the things that like as you value the kingdom of God or as you go about living your life and people observe your values and whether or not did it, did it change your time, your energy, and your money. See, people are going to observe that and one of those groups of people are going to be your family, your friends. They're going to know what you value by what you do together. Like your family and your friends, they're going to know what you value by what you spend your time doing together or like what you talk about or why you do what you do. So, so maybe you haul around your kid to sporting activities all the time, and that's great, and you, you like, and that, that's what y'all do, and y'all have this thing that you always do, and like that's your that's your life, and and uh, but but if that's valued above the kingdom of God, you've got it backwards. And so maybe doing the things that we do, maybe we just change the purpose and the perspective of them. Maybe instead of doing that, uh, or or maybe while we do that, we determine like, hey, who's the family that I can uh, that I can serve while we're doing this. Or, 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 hey, do you have a friend on your team who needs to know Jesus? We can bring him over to the house, house Saturday night and go to church with us on the next day. Or, you know, who's that family that doesn't know Jesus that maybe we could go get lunch with after this activity? So the people around you, they're going to know what you value by what you do together. And then not only that, your bank account, our bank accounts, they're an accountable testimony to what we value. If you looked at mine right now, it would say Kroger, Walmart, Kroger, Walmart, Kroger, Walmart. It's like, golly, I value eating and, but at the same time, like you can look at it, and it's a pretty good ledger at, at, at what you hold as valuable. And I, you know, and I'm not saying this because it's Christmas, but it just so happened that, like, as I'm reading and as I'm talking about all this in my, to myself, like I'm realizing, like, man, I really want to make sure I get these values right one day, because I don't want my daughter to think that one day that it's all about getting stuff. I want my daughter to learn how to give. So your, your bank account is going to be an accountable testimony. And also, guess what? Your neighbors are going to know what you value, about what you talk about with them and the time that you spend with them. And this was the hardest one for me. Talking about the time, the energy, and the money, where I spend those things. And I started thinking about that. I spend a lot of that in my neighborhood. Do my neighbors know the value I place on the kingdom? And that hurt. And then another thing, your coworkers, they're going to know. They're going to know how much you value the kingdom by, by looking to see if you work at your job as if working for the Lord or working for yourself. They're, they're going to see that. And if they know you're a Christian, they're going to be looking to see how you treat your job. They're going to be, they're going to be looking to see that if your job is just part of the same rat race that they're in or if your job is a means to a different end. Sure, money, you need the money to pay the bills and to take care of the family, but there's something more there. 
And so people know, they observe, they look at what we do and how we spend our time, our energy, and our money. And that is directly parallel to how much we value the kingdom of God. So the real question is, in every area of your life, would you be able to say that you hold the kingdom to that high value? Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we read this, the pearl of great price, and then also the guy that finds the treasure in the field, and then enjoy, sell everything that I have to get that one thing. We read that, and we go, that's not me. I mean, let, let's, uh, I'm, I'm being honest. I read that and go, man, I, I haven't given up everything. Jesus, if you asked me tomorrow to give up everything, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. But check this out. Remember that rich young ruler that I mentioned? Uh, he walked away um, after he asked Jesus, hey, how do I have eternal life? Well, Jesus says, keep the commands. I've done that. And then he says, what must I do? He's like, go sell all you have, give to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. And that guy was very sad as he walked away because he knew he had great treasure. And Jesus knew he valued that treasure more than him. But check this. You read that right after that, you don't see Jesus like point the finger at the guy and say, shame on him. Like you don't see Jesus bash the dude going, oh, what a terrible guy that he would value something other than the kingdom. Yes, he has his values wrong. And yes, when we do the same thing, he wants our values to be his values. But you don't see Jesus blaming us for our depravity. Because guess what? Jesus knows we're messed up. He spent 33, 34, 35, however many years. He spent, that, he spent 30 years with us. He knows we're going to get it wrong. And so what's great about that is that Jesus has grace for us, and then he tells us just after that, he says to this, his disciples, he says, hey, be careful, because it's really hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so he doesn't like chastise the man. He doesn't chastise us. He just warns us. He's like, be careful. Don't get your values skewed. And so when we place other things as more valuable than the kingdom what we end up doing is, is, one, if we've never known Jesus, we end up first and foremost missing out on heaven. But then if we do know Jesus and we live in a way where we're placing more value uh, above the kingdom, then we mess up others' views too. And so really what we want to do is we want to be kingdom-minded in our values, that above all else, I want Jesus to be glorified. And, and what's really cool is like when you become a kingdom of heaven, like there's more reward in that than anything else. Check this out. From Scripture, it says that when you become a citizen of heaven, this is what, this is what you are. It says you're wonderfully made, created to do good works, chosen by God, rescued, child of God, forgiven, new creation, free from condemnation, a saint, a priest, righteous, holy, able to approach God, complete in Christ, God's temple, a member of Christ's body, gifted by the Holy Spirit, a joint heir with Christ, a citizen of heaven, an alien to this world, an enemy of the devil, a ministry of reconciliation. You are the salt and the light. That's good stuff. We should value those things above anything else. That's what we should want. That's what we should pass on. And so the question, what I want you to do is name your price. What is it that you would be willing to give up to get the one thing that you know you couldn't live without? And here's the one thing that you can't live without. It's Jesus. You can't eternally have life without Jesus. You can't eternally, you can't pass it on to someone else for eternally have life without Jesus. And so, you know, what would you do? What, what, what would you do to get it? What would you do for others to understand it? And then, you know, what would you do for your family and friends to see it too? What is that thing that you need to do in order that someone else would know the value of the kingdom? Remember the baseball cards? Guy name was, his, the guy, 
uh, Carl Kissner. Found him in his uh, grandfather's attic. So uh, right at the end of that uh, article on ESPN about the uh, $3 million uh, stash of baseball cards, they quoted Kissner. It was just a very small little blurb, and you could almost miss it because they're so enamored with all the cards and all the, qu- the quantity and the quality and the price of the cards. Down at the bottom of, the set of this article, it says, Kissner said the money is nice, but the best part is how the discovery has brought his family together. It started out with a walk down memory lane, and this is going to create nothing but new memories. Kissner said, this is a blessing that will grow throughout this family. Now, I don't know this man's story, this man's situation, whether he's a believer or not, but if this man knew that money was not the most important thing, then the church of God should definitely act and live like the only thing that is of value is the kingdom of heaven. And when we don't, Jesus, remember, he's not there to condemn us. He's there to lift us up and move us on to look more like him. So remember, how you use your time, your energy, and your money is directly parallel to how much you value the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, in this time that we have together, in this time of response, God, I ask that we would be honest with ourselves, with you. Thank you that you give us the opportunity to come to you. Thank you that you give us the opportunity to take part in this great ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, that we are ambassadors for you, speaking on your behalf. And so as we sing for just a moment, God, if there's anyone here that needs to know you, that needs to put their faith, their trust in you, I pray that they would do that this morning. Maybe there's some that just kind of need to get their perspective right before the new year starts. Maybe need to look at where they're placing their value. So I pray that we would do that this morning. We would take time to, uh, to talk to you. Just in a time of prayer with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity to respond uh, to the gospel. If you're here this morning, you know that if you died today, you'd spend eternity separated from God. Listen, listen we, he doesn't want that. We at Concord, we don't want that. We want to give everyone an opportunity to respond to that. Jesus loves you. Despite our... Dis, dis, by what's wrong with us, Jesus still loves you. And so if you're here this morning, you know that you need to put your faith, your trust in Him. I want to give you that opportunity to do that. You can say a prayer with me. It says, Father, I know that I am a sinner in need of your grace. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for rising from the dead to prove that you had the power over sin and death. I want to turn and follow you and then share your value with others in your name. Had nobody looking around.